This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter two and Moses has fled Egypt after killing an Egyptian who was mistreating an Israelite. And Moses' life has totally changed. And in fact, that's what happens. That's what this story is all about. Moses uh, finds a new life and he begins to live that life fully until God shows up and changes everything. And that happens in life oftentimes. God shows up and he changes everything. And we live the life that we, we think is best. And then God shows up and shows us the life that is best by him. And uh, that's what Moses does. He flees Egypt. He is afraid of Pharaoh because he has killed an Egyptian. And the Bible says that Pharaoh uh, wanted him dead. Pharaoh wanted to deal with him harshly. And so obviously uh, he had to get away and he did. He made his escape. It says in verse 15 of chapter two, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses and Moses had to go. He had to get out. And it says Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and or the presence of Pharaoh. And all the time when you see the word face, you need to always think of the idea of being seen, being in the very, being right in front of someone. The face of God is a picture of being right there in the presence of God. And Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh, which means he had access to Pharaoh. He was a part of his family. He was a part of his court. He had regular dealings with Pharaoh and he had to flee from Pharaoh. And that's going to be important. His knowing the Egyptian court, his being known by the Egyptian court is going to be of great importance down the road. Oftentimes, um, people do well after they leave from their hometown or their home place and come back. They do well because they've learned a lot, they've grown a lot, and then they get, they're given opportunity to become, and they know the area they live. And I think God placed Moses in Pharaoh's court, not so that he could necessarily always learn all that he learned. I think that he placed him there so that he would be prepared and that he would be comfortable and he'd be ready uh, to go back and be the deliverer. Remember, God, when he sees you, he doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your struggle and your pain. He sees you as you're going to fully be. He views you through the periscope of time, and he sees you as he's made you to be. And he sees you as he saw Gideon, who was being a coward and threshing wheat in a wine press at the bottom of a hill and hiding from the same people that Moses is going to meet up with, hiding from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord spoke to him, and remember the angel of the Lord is Jesus, he said, he called him mighty warrior. Gideon wasn't a mighty warrior at that time. Gideon was a cowering 
warrior who was unwilling to even show himself out in the open. He did something that he should have been doing on a hill in a valley where there was no wind because he was afraid. He was a he was afraid and he was a coward. And God saw him as he was going to be, not as he is. And the same is true of Moses. Moses was a murderer now, and he was also he was also a stitch in the nostrils of Pharaoh. But he was going to he was going to go back to that same setting eventually and deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. And God knows that. God saw that. God God had lived in that time also. God lives throughout time. And when Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down at the... Now, remember, wells are pictures of new works of God. They always are. It's a beautiful picture of a new work that God does in people's lives. He, he creates in us wells of living water, but they're not your normal. They're artesian wells. They flow up and give us eternal life. And we see him leave Egypt and he goes to the nation of Midian. That's, that's the area. That would be the area where the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. It would be that area where to the south of what is modern-day Israel in the, near the Sinai Peninsula. He goes there, and he sits down by a well. New work of God is beginning to take place in his life. God's going to have to sit him on the sidelines a little bit because his emotions and his passions have put him in a bad position. And uh, that happens a lot. Obviously, Moses felt like that the Egyptians treating uh, the Israelites was unjust. It was wrong. And he dealt with it, but he dealt with it as a young man will with his emotions rather than as a mature man does with his knowledge, with his insight, with his patience, with his watching for an opportunity. Moses wasn't ready for that. And when the time came for him to stand up for what is right, he stood up. He stood up passionately, but he stood up wrongly and he killed the Egyptian. And God has to put him on the sidelines and God has to, I guess the best way to see what he's doing is God is humbling him and God is, well, he's, he's making him so that people can stand to be around him. If you're going around killing folks all the time, when you see injustice, that's a problem. He's going to, he's going to domesticate him in some ways. And that that's important. Young men do need to know what's right and wrong and be passionate about it. But they also need to be taught how to deal with those things in such a way that it, it's not destructive. And uh, Moses needed that. Moses needs to be put on the sidelines for some years and domesticated. And you know what? There's one thing that educates men better than any other, and that's a wife. Women Women help men relate to and understand society. Women are far more relational. This is not some sexist conversation. This is not me talking down on women. Women are far more adept in relationships. And by the way, the one thing that is required in order to really have a dynamic relationship is the ability to have conversation, the ability to relate to each other, the ability to share your thoughts and your heart and your feelings. And women are far more adept at conversation. They're far more vocabulary and speaking oriented. If you've ever been around a two-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy, you'll see that at work most of the time. Uh, it just happens. Women generally during the day speak uh, twice as many words as a man will, and their vocabulary can be as much as two times as great as, it, as a man's is. And women 
are great for men because when you are in that relationship with your wife, she oftentimes takes the edges off of your personality. She focuses your sense of justice and right and wrong. And then also she she makes a man, a woman, a wife, oftentimes makes a man focused on the important things and gets his focus off the unimportant things. And God gave us the great gift of women as men to help us focus on who we are. And that's what's going to happen with Moses. Moses is a leader. Moses is a strong man. Moses is a is a man with great gifts and power. And he's going to prove that here when he sees, it says now in verse 16, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. Notice he has no sons, but he has seven daughters. And they came and drew water and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. They were shepherds, and uh, Moses is going to learn the shepherding trade. He's going to learn the trade of his ancestors. He's going to learn the trade of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I think that is perfect for him. He's learned what it is to be Egyptian royalty. Now he's going to learn what it means to be a servant and a servant leader, and that's what a shepherd is. And he came, and he drew water, and they filled their troughs. Then the shepherds came, and these are other shepherds that are not a part of Midian, the Midianites. They, they're outsiders, and they drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Notice this is in the Ten Commandments. This is a great scene in the Ten Commandments where Moses comes in, and really he puts a whooping on them. And we've already seen that Moses is good at that because he killed the Egyptian. Moses is versed in probably hand-to-hand combat. He is a warrior. And he operates as a warrior when he sees injustice take place. We see him continue in his character. I think this is a fabulous understanding. His character is to attack when he sees injustice. And there's nothing wrong with that's a good thing. But it needs to be, like I said, it needs to be domesticated. It needs to be evened out. It needs to uh, to be used in its perfect and powerful uh, uses not used in a way that is destructive and destroys. And so he came and he drives them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and they watered and he watered their flock. And so when they came to Ruel, their father, how is it that you have come so soon today? Meaning, how did you take the sheep out and water the flock so quickly and bring them back so quickly today? The answer is they had a strong man who could draw the water quickly who could drive off the shepherds who were trying to delay and take first position at the well. And they found an ally, and that ally was Moses himself. He said, when we, they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hands of the shepherds. Notice his passions for justice and rightness has made him a deliverer here. And he is a deliverer. He's been a deliverer since God placed him in his mother's womb. He's been a deliverer since the Egypt, the daughter of Pharaoh found him in the reeds. He's been a deliverer all his life as he's grown up in Pharaoh's house. He just doesn't know how to do it well. And Moses is going to learn that. He's going he's gonna to use the full experience of his life to be who God made him to be. And you need to see that God gives us all experiences Our experiences of life are in preparation for all that God has for us. I say to many people, I say to myself in the morning many times, I say, what are you going to do, Chad, when you grow up? 
and you go, Chad, you're 50 now. You better be grown up. I don't think so. I think each and every day is a growing experience, is a learning experience. I am excited each day to have the opportunity to expand my territories, to do more things, to experience more things, and to be a part of more things. And those things are powerful. I, I hear from Pastor Terry all the time how much he is enjoying learning things and growing in situations and experiencing new things. And he's in his 70s. And why would we ever see ourselves as fully mature? I don't think we are. I think that happens when you're glorified. I think God's process of maturing you is a continual one. And it happens if it's happening rightly, it happens every day until the day you die. And Moses is, he is who he's supposed to be, but he's not who he's going to be because God's got many more experiences for him to learn and to grow. And he, he says, they, he delivered us and he watered the flock. So he said to the daughters, and where is he? Why is that that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And remember, eating of bread is is communion, it's fellowship. The greatest fellowship and communion we can have is to eat from the bread of life, which is Jesus himself, and to commune with our heavenly father because we can know his will and we can know his ways through his son, Jesus. And so when we eat from the bread of life, we commune perfectly with God. And in the Old Testament, the picture of eating bread is a picture of having communion or having fellowship. And Jethro, who is their father, his name is Jethro. Jethro says, where is this man? I want to meet him. I want to see who, who you have met, this Egyptian man, and bring him in and call him in that we may eat bread. And it says, then Moses was content to live with the man. Sometimes this is translated Jethro. And he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. Moses was impressive. Moses was somebody to be looked up to. He was somebody to be followed. He was a great man in Egypt. He just he just did not know how uh, to deal with his with his passions for injustice, for his passions for what is right and wrong. And I, I have great affinity and I can really relate to Moses as a young man being passionate about things but not sure exactly how to bring those things about. And here's the thing, God's the one that fixes those things, not us. He uses us as his tool. We're not the, we're not the initiator and we're not the, we're not the culminator. We're not the one who fixes everything. God's the one who does that. And he uses us. So we have to be very tuned into him in order to see what his purpose is and his will is in certain situations. And, uh, Moses needed this. And so he's going to marry Sephora and she's going to, she's going to be his wife and he's going to live with Jethro and he's going to have those sharp edges. He's going to have those rubbed down and he's going to become a useful and powerful tool for the hand of God. She bore him a son and he called him Gershon, uh, uh, Gershom, and he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. And that's how he saw himself. He realized that he had a purpose and he was a sojourner. And that's the word, that's a good biblical word to remember. He's a sojourner in this land, meaning that he had something to do down the road and God was using this opportunity to teach him and to grow him. And I understand what it is to be a sojourner in a foreign land or in a place that I don't know. And oftentimes I have learned the most as, as I sojourned, even though I didn't like to sojourn there. I'd say to you this morning, 
if you feel like you're just not right in quite in the place that you ought to be, that you've not really found your position and your place in the kingdom of God, if that's you this morning, I would say to you, God's going to use every experience of your life to bring about his best and to bring about his perfect and pleasing will, which is going to be good for you. Please learn, grow, and expect. Learn, grow, and expect. Expect that God is going to take every experience of your life and do great things with it. Learn from them, grow in them, and then expect that God's going to use you. He is. He's all about that. You're going to glorify his name, and I'm going to believe it for you even right now, and expect that one day you will see the goodness and the powerful hand of God using you perfectly, precisely, and powerfully to do his will and to build his kingdom. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today. In Jesus' name.